Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so happy you are here today. My guest today, oh my gosh, I just adore him, Frankie Russo. Frankie is the founder and CEO of Russo Capital, which he uh, has started to invest in all kinds of interesting companies. He is a serial entrepreneur. Most recently, he sold his company 360 IA, a software product company focused on cutting edge marketing automation and intelligence solutions. He's a best selling author uh, and has a podcast called The School of Why. His most recent book is Breaking Why, uh, just out. And we have a fabulous conversation about what it means to find your why and, and how important it is to living a fulfilled life of service, service to others. He's so much fun. He's edgy. You're going to love him. So hang tight and I'll be right back with Frankie. All right. I'm back everybody with the one and only. And when I say the one and only, I truly mean the one and only Frankie Russo. (laughs) Frankie, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. Technically, there is actually a DJ, I think, up in New Jersey named Frankie Russo. He's always kind of fine for my SEO. So I think I'm like the two of only, but I like that you think that about me. That's really sweet. That Frankie Russo (laughs) does not exist in my universe. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. If you're listening, Frankie Russo, he's big on Twitter, you know, so (laughs) maybe you meet him one day and change your mind. But he's, you know, he's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love there it. All are. right. All right. So let's jump in. So uh, so uh, to the audience, Frankie and I met at Three Wings Circus, a speaker's boot camp, which I've talked about several times on this show. I was on his show a couple of months ago, and I'm so excited to have him here because he's like my brother from another mother mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways. So Frankie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? I mean, you, you just sold your company and now you are writing books and you're speaking. So you know, give us a little bit of background on, on, on where you came from. Awesome. Yeah. So who am I? I'm an astronaut, cowboy, inventor, TV preacher. So that's who I am. All right. That's who I am. Now, what have I done? Yeah. I've done some stuff, right? Uh, do we like to curse on this podcast? Is this a cursing podcast? Yes, of course. Okay, so, yes. okay great, great. Yeah. So I've done some stuff. Um, I always like to ask in case the kids are listening. I tell my kids actually a uh, side note, uh, they can curse once they're 18, those are words you're not allowed to say until they're 18. He's like, oh, well, why are you allowed to say them? That's because you're 18. So I told him when each one of them turns 18, we're going to drive around and just say curse words. So <laughs> um, anyway, so I have a couple of kids. So I'm also a father. Um, that's who I am. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to actually own that because when you would have asked me, you know, who am I before even, you know, four or five years ago, before I started to really dig deep into my whole journey to break my why and to really get honest and authentic about um, who I am, I would have told you that, you know, I've owned multiple companies that I built from the ground up. I've been on the Inc. 500 for eight times in a row. I've sold my company to a public company, blah, blah, blah. So I've done some things, right? I've written two books and, and I do the keynote talks, but that's not who I am, right? Who I am is a father and most importantly, an astronaut. I'm a husband as well. Astronaut, husband, cowboy husband, inventor husband and TV preacher husband. So that's who I am. <laughs> Why do I feel like that was not the answer you're expecting? Hey, and uh, well, first of all, it was exactly I'm not actually given I that answer. Yeah, no, never. Um, but I've come to, uh, to expect the unexpected from you. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> all right. So tell us about, yeah, right. So tell us about your journey to find your why, like, this is what you write about. And, and, and I know it's something that <clears throat> 
you know, it was really life profound you going through this mm -hmm. process. So tell us that story. Yeah. So it's interesting. My initial finding my why actually came from my upbringing. My parents were in um, homeless shelters. They, they, they weren't in the homeless shelter. Actually, they ran the homeless shelter. So uh, we didn't live in the homeless shelter. We lived next door, but we were helping homeless people, even from a super young age for me. We were in Pittsburgh um, in the inner city working and then came back to Louisiana and did that, that work. So up until I was 18, I was doing that type of work. But after that, I, I really got away from that. There were some things that happened where my dad had gotten kicked out of his, his own uh, ministry and his mission to, to the homeless. So I was like, you know what? I am done with this. I'm not going to spend my life being poor because, uh, you know, we grew up. We didn't have a lot of stuff. It was a huge um, issue with my mom and dad's relationship. So there was all these issues around money and being poor. And, and somehow that was tied to my why. So I kind of gave up on what I really believed was my why, which was to help underserved people, underprivileged people. Okay. Um, so I gave up on that and, and I got really, really lost in that giving up of that because I really didn't know which way to go. So I just chased money. So a lot of my story was from uh, my first business, uh, which was in the mortgage industry of all places. And this was in the 2000s. This was before the mortgage crisis, right? So anybody could get a mortgage. Um, even probably a dog could get a mortgage, no documentation, uh, you know, just with a couple of uh, questions. And here we are. So like literally we were getting everybody into houses. It was it was the best best of times, right? I thought we were doing the American dream and, and I was also not poor anymore and this is it. We, I did it. I figured out my why. And then I was like, maybe I'll throw a little money here and there to some little nonprofit or something. And that'll, that'll be how I help people. Right. That's, that's going to be my thing. But inside of that, a lot, a lot of that self-serving mindset of like, just don't be poor, just make a bunch of money. I got lost in that. And, I, and part of that is getting into drugs, getting into alcohol. So what happened for me to find my why as an adult was that I crashed hard in 2008, right? So that was 14 years ago, almost to the day. I just uh, picked up my 14 year medallion for uh, staying sober. And so uh, that has been a huge part of my journey, but it wasn't exciting as it is now back then because it was all crashing down. The, I can still remember how defeated and just empty I felt when my company crashed it because of the mortgage crisis, right? So the mortgage crisis melted down it. So everything that I thought I, I was melted down. My first wife left me, everything went to shit. And I, I, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. So it was like, it was just like the perfect storm of, of, of nightmare. And, and I knew I had to do something different, you know? So I called it kind of early. I was like 26, 27. That's kind of early for someone. Um, not, but I think, you know, not to tell your story, but I think it was, it was around that same time for you that you had some of these life changes. Yeah. And so that was a huge part of, of starting the process of getting back to that place that my why as an adult actually is the same as it was when I was a kid. And that is my ultimate why. And what I believe everyone's why is and their purpose is to help others. And so where I was able to rebuild that initially was helping other drug addicts and alcoholics get sober. And then from that, I was able to take that into business and become a mentor. And then I became a father and so on and so forth. And so today, every aspect of my life is I try to bring purpose to those aspects and make sure that I'm living my why in all those aspects and not just in some of them. But that's been a journey to get to that point because I people, you know, are demanding about money and profits. And but what I've found is that if, if I stay focused, no matter what's happening around me on my passions, 
you know, and those are the things that those innate gifts that I love doing. And then taking that passion and giving it to others and helping others with that, I'm going to have massive profits that are going to be sustainable. They're not going to disappear just because there's a mortgage crisis like what happened to me in 2008. So that's the short story. There's a longer version, but uh, obviously there's a time frame on your podcast. So. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. And it is so similar. I mean, I, I grew up single mom uh, and not much money, small rural town in mm-hmm. Western Slope of Colorado. I was like, oh. I'm never going to live like this. And That's right. so, you know, the pursuit of success and prestige and recognition is what totally caused me to crash like two years before you. So mm-hmm. I can, I can completely relate how, you know, how that want that mimetic desire that we have when we're children uh, and how, and, and how that can really really translate into some negative behaviors and negative attachments 100%. Things that don't really matter. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate your story so much because um, it's, it's, it's very similar to mine. But uh, I'm glad that we're here out on the other side. So tell me, how did you use your, your, this mentality of I want to serve others, right? Servant leadership to build your next company or your next couple of companies? Like how did that yeah. differ? That's a great question. Yeah, so what, what happened for me is that I, I walked into my next companies. Um, thinking completely differently about money in particular. I wasn't all the way there with like, oh, I want this to be about others. You know what I'm saying? But it was to a degree. Degree. It wasn't as, as authentic as it is today, yeah. but I was thinking about the clients, right? So what I did was I had created this little company when I was in my mortgage freaking uh, Wolf of Wall Street phase. And so during that time that my little brother graduated from graphic design and I walked into his I, I didn't know what the hell he was doing for college. And, and to be honest, I, uh, I just thought he was, you know, just kind of doing art for college. I mean, what do you do with that You're a professor? I don't know. Well, all of a sudden I walk into a senior projects and there's a room full of all these graphic design senior projects. It's all these companies. They made the cups, the packaging. I'm like, what the hell is this? These are a bunch of kids. They're, they are hoping to get 15, $20,000 a year. And they made these million dollar ideas. I'm like, this is amazing. So I was like, when I didn't know anything about agencies or the media business or anything, I was like, oh, we, we got this. Everything we touch turns to gold, right? This is right before the mortgage crisis. Uh, so I was like, let's start our own company. And he was like, okay, I want to call it Potenza, Italian for power. I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect. So we called it Potenza. And I said, listen, Potenza is going to be a make-believe company. We're going to make people believe that we have a real company. And then we're going to make the community believe in our client's company, basically branding. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, not to be so, the truth. It's marketing. Yeah. Truth, make right? believe it's, it's make believe. And it's better if you know that up front, right? It's better if you know that up front, it is a game. Right. Um, and, and that's the, the, with a lot of things with, with, with money and business and, and America and PR, it's fake news and whatever the hell, all of that is a game. And as long as you know, it's a game, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? As long as you don't think that is the end, right? That is who I am. Then that's when you lose at that game. Right. It's not actually if you win or lose the way that we think it is. It's if I start to believe that that game is reality yep. that I lose. Right. And so I have to keep that constant. And, and so for the I with the company, I just did things differently. I made it all about the client. And, we, and I, I walked to work for a year when I started that company. I sold my sports car. I, I had to do a lot of hard things to be able to, like, hire staff that I couldn't really afford, but knew I needed it to service these clients. And so that changed everything. And so we would get one client and give them everything we had. 
And then we get two clients and give the two clients everything we had, and then three and so on and so forth. And I built a, a, a company out of the dirt that way, very fast growing company. And from that company, I realized some problems in a whole industry, two industries, actually, the broadcast industry and the automotive industry. So I figured out a way to, to hire a company to build some technology, a prototype, if you will, 10 years ago of, of what was a dashboard, right? It was in technology, but it was something that we were doing all this work by hand and we needed to automate it. And we knew other people were doing it by hand. So we're like, okay, we could do this. Uh, and so I started building that about a year into that. I, I bought that company. That was uh, the small company that we had was custom building it. Right. Because I needed to bring it in house and I didn't know how to code, you know? And so that was, that was kind of part of that journey. So, and that company became 360 IA and that's the company that, that uh, we recently sold. And so, that was the company. That was the first time when I started that company that I knew I was going to exit. So each one, each company, I kind of grew more and more with the first two companies. The second one was way more sustainable, way more, more, more profitable. Great company. Did some amazing things six times on Inc. 5000. And, and it was a great company. I was super proud of it. Potenza Inc. is what it became to be named. And but the thing was, is that there was no strategy for how to get out of the matrix. And so this the third iteration with 360 IA, that was the one um, where I knew from the beginning how I was going to get out of the matrix and, and be able to build something that could live on beyond me, which is something that very few companies think about when they're just trying to like become maybe self-employed or maybe just have a side hustle, or then maybe it becomes a business and it's full-time, they have some employees. But we don't, a lot of times we're not even thinking about that. We're just thinking like, how do we get through the month? You know, how do we pay these bills? How do we make sure that we don't go under? And that never changes, right? And so as a result of that, I started to give back and, and look for other people I could mentor. And I, I helped somebody with a record label uh, that got kicked off the ground and like a, a CBD farm out in, in Portland and, and um, like a, a billboard company and, and a furniture company and some different companies that I was doing angel investment with. And so everything's kind of an evolution of that. So I've, I've been able to help in smaller ways. And now I'm kind of getting into where I want to be able to scale up how I help people. Um, and that's twofold, right? So I, I, one thing I did during the middle of this journey was write The Art of Why back in 2016. That was my first book. And it was too early, to be honest. I, I had a divorce after that, not long after that. And, and it actually was, was crazy. That's why I, I knew before I moved on to a, a different book, I have a lot of ideas for other books. I had to do another why book and call it Breaking Why because of how much it broke me to go through some of the things I went through to become authentic, even though I was stone cold sober and I was what I was doing with all the things I thought I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't really my honest self and I wasn't really showing up authentically and wholeheartedly. And that, that was a painful journey too. So that was like another bottom going through all of that. And, and today, you know, um, I, 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 I make an effort to every day show up authentically and that's different every day. It's honestly, it's a lot, it's a lot harder some days, but the, the freedom that comes from it, that clean happiness and serenity that's real that nobody can take away from me is, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but that it's been a, a journey of making it more and more about how am I helping others? Because if you help others and you're authentically doing that on a consistent basis, like it's going to come back. It, it always comes back. So how many people can we get pushing it back to us? If I'm helping a hundred people, that's a lot of energy coming back to me, you know, especially if I'm helping them and not making money on it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's another big thing I found, you know, and so that, that, that's been kind of the, the journey there, but there's a lot of opportunities that I want to really help companies grow. I started Russo Capital, which is going to be move from being an angel investment firm. We're moving it into a uh, private equity 
to where we can really do some big things with some people and, and um, just became a board member for one of my friends' companies uh, that does robotics down in Argentina that I actually met through uh, that same day I met you. So really cool things happen when, you, when I'm just open-minded. And the one thing we committed to each other was that we want to have fun with it. Yeah. And quite frankly, I have no idea if I'll make any money on that. But that's the kind of stuff I'm into. And, you know, sometimes that's the stuff that does the most amazing things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree. That's a great story. So tell us what Breaking Why is. So you mentioned a little bit, like you, you know, went through yeah. these things that really broke you. And so explain the whole premise behind Breaking Why. Okay, great. Yeah, so this is Breaking Why, for those you don't know, yeah. available on Amazon and all your major bookstores. Breaking Why is about figuring out how to, what I call hack and rebuild strategic emotions to get to that place of success that's authentic, that's not just about money. You have, you, when, you, when I talk about profits, I, I really look at it beyond just monetary, right? So profits can be happiness. A profit can be a life that has changed. A profit can be more time with the people that I love. A profit can be, I, if I have evolved from, that, uh, from a process. These are all profitable things when we're really honest with the, who we are as humans beyond just the monetary components of it. So that's what, when I say authentic success, it's, yeah, you're making money, but you'll be able to do it all. Because a lot of, I would say most of the time, and I know this was my journey, is that for a long time, I sacrificed who I was to make money. And I justified it. And nobody's going to fault you for that. I mean, if you, you, you take care of your family and you, you're doing this and that, and, and nobody's going to fault you for working hard usually, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, you asked me at the beginning, who am I, right? Um, and, and the fact is that I didn't even say entrepreneur, which clearly I am. So the breaking why is about a 10 step process that starts with first and foremost, why am I here? Really asking that question. Cause here's the thing. A lot of us, we go through life asking the questions we have to ask, right? So we, we have to ask questions like who, what, when, where, how often, to what extent, these are things you have to ask in order to survive, but I don't have to ask why I can go my whole life and never ask, why am I here? I could just keep going and just kind of survive, maybe accept that I'm supposed to be in this existence. that's like subpar to maybe what, I, what other people might look like. And maybe that's just what I deserve. And I tell myself all these stories about why this is just the way it has to be. And, you know, that's something that um, is a big thing I work through here. It's like trying to help people uncover what is your life mission personally. And then, then from there, you know, moving into like, okay, got to get serious, got to get practical. What's the cost? What's it going to cost me? And, and so I encourage everyone when they work the first three steps of breaking why is if, if your cost is too great to justify your mission, then you don't know your mission yet and you got to go back. But once you do, it's about committing and believing and then moving forward. And then there's a bunch of steps about that. But it, a lot of this stuff is, is practical things from my experience and other successful people's experience that live the life that they really dreamed of living. And, and how these principles, if you apply them and, and you stick to them, what, what, what great things can happen in your own life yeah. and in the lives of others around you. Yeah, totally agree. You know, I, it's interesting as, as I've matured as a leader, as a mother, as a human mm -hmm. being, you know, I, my why has also evolved. And oh, so, yeah. you know, how does the breaking why methodology like help you when you're going through those big changes? Like what, what was important to me five years ago mm -hmm. is just, they're just not the same things that are important to me now. So talk about that. The, okay. The so one of the things, yeah. One of the things this, this is like one simple, simple concept that I think is the most so important. 
took me a long time to realize that any great process that's like steps, right? So like with this, it's there's 10 steps. When I first got on this journey, I thought of the steps as a ladder, right? So I'm going to get to this place where now I'm, I'm fulfilling my why and then blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I really went through the cycle a couple of times to realize that it's not a ladder, it's a circle. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I get done working the 10th step, I go back to step one. And so you, when you continually work this step, the idea is that you don't ever get to a crossroads. The idea is that you don't have to go to these big breaking points if you do it in pieces. The idea is that you don't have to, to suffer as much as we do many times because I'm going down the river the wrong direction. And, all, and what I need to do is just turn around and let the river take me. But the forks in the road, right? So think about this for a minute. You're, of course there's forks in the road, right? But if I'm working this process over and over again, when I get to that fork, I know this is the direction. It's not, it's not a big decision. I might need to run it by my mentor. I might need to run it by somebody that I trust, maybe a sponsor, maybe a spouse, maybe a good friend. I may run it by them just to double check, but it's not that difficult. And the next one comes and maybe it's this way. But the fact is, is that we don't, the, the, the myth, right? Is that, is that there are freaking crossroads. There's, there, that's why crossroads feel so hard for us because they're not natural. We're not supposed to get to crossroads if we're living our life every day with this cycle as a circle, as opposed to this crazy idea that it's a ladder, right? This is, it's such similar to this concept of, of, you know, life's the journey, you know what I mean? The, the, the end is the journey itself. You know, all these things you hear um, in the precious moments books, but you know, what I tried to do was make that practical, yeah. right? And so some people might think my book's boring, but I tried to keep it simple on things that would be on all these billboards and slogans and, and everything else, you know? So, cause that's what worked for me. As long as I was keeping it real idealistic and real super mystical and like super heady, like I, I didn't get anywhere. It wasn't until I really kind of looked at, okay, what am I doing about this? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I understand all these ideas. What, I, what I've learned over, from life is that all that matters is what I'm experiencing and what I'm doing. So if, if I think a certain way, that doesn't do anything for me. If I believe a certain way, it does nothing for me. If I say things, it does nothing for me. What am I doing? Yeah. What am I actually doing? And, and, and so that's the challenge I have to look at every day because it's easy to kind of slip back into this thing. Okay, now I'm just here to help everybody else. And so I forget to look in the mirror myself. And that, that's an easy, easy way to go uh, back to your shitty crossroads. <laughs> well, and I love it because I think, you know, in my, in my opinion, consistency is key to making changes, right? And mm -hmm. consistency is the most underrated, I don't know, attribute, skill set, or I don't know, reason for success is that you just yeah. keep doing those little things every day, that action every little That's day. Right. And a lot of people, I think get overwhelmed, like, oh, okay, I want to be successful, right? I want to get to, you know, where you are someday. Uh, and so, oh, but it seems so far away. And so I just give up. And so I really like this idea of it being circular because I don't know, yes. climbing a ladder can be really yes. overwhelming or intimidating to people. But if it's literally just about, you know, a small, consistent action every day to go through yeah. the process, and it's never about getting to some end point that you have to, you know, dramatically change yourself to, to be able to reach, then maybe people will be more willing to do the work to get there. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you know you're circling back around, yeah, you're okay if maybe you don't work the step perfectly. Yeah. 
You see what I'm saying? You're, you're easier on yourself. If, if we know we're going to be coming back around on this, you do the best you can. Yeah. And like, that's what people don't realize. They, they kill themselves trying to get through the first time of the process. And they don't realize this is not a sprint. Yeah. Okay. This is a marathon. Okay. It, it's, 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 a, it's an ultra marathon. You know, it's, it's, it's these, this is your whole life. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, just like, you know, you got to let yourself experience it because look, if you look at, if I, if you tell your story, I tell my story, you can hear a million entrepreneur stories and they're all going to be different. Yeah. That's because they're just based on the fact that somebody was passionate enough about whatever was in front of them and they kept going. They didn't flinch. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one of the best advice I ever give people is two words. Don't flinch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that one thing, it's like you said, it's the consistency, call it what you want, but in, in, when it's difficult yeah. and I still in that moment, don't flinch just because I'm scared. Okay. Because we're all scared. That's the thing. Nobody wants to talk about. Everybody's scared. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm angry, I'm angry because I'm scared of something, right? I'm, I'm angry because I'm, I'm going to miss out on something because I'm scared. I'm going to miss out on something. And so that's the thing is when I can be open and honest, a lot of this comes down to emotions. Yeah. That's why I talk about strategic emotions so much in my book. Cause like, if you can harness those strategic emotions, okay. And find life hacks and ways to, to shift the way that those are used. And, and even the negative emotions are used for good. And yet you use that to, to learn about yourself and not be so scared of the emotions then you don't give into them the same way. And that's how you don't flinch. And when you don't flinch while everyone else is flinching, that's when the cream rises to the crop, to the top, excuse me. And that's when you, people are successful. Yep. You know, and you look, and, and we look at them at the end or like later on, like right now, yeah, I've got a bunch of trophies and accolades and all this fun stuff. But like there's a 20 years of shit that got to that, like two sentences I just told you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> people will forget about that shit but yeah i mean you're hearing it more i think people are getting more and more honest i mean yeah this idea that like i first actually heard about it years ago from steve jobs and the way he said it was that every problem with every problem is an opportunity i mean that was one of the best advice i ever got to lean into problems yeah like like lean into them if you eat change for breakfast uh, you, you, you know, you, you're the guy who is not afraid to step into the problem. Those are always the leaders in every story that you ever hear. The leader is the one who, even though he was scared, like the rest of them, he had enough courage to step into the dangerous situation or the unknown or the, or the chaos that we sometimes are in and be steadfast and not flinch. Okay. Every single story has that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's the same thing. What story, what's my story going to be? You know, and, and that's why I have to ask myself, why am I here? Yeah, I love it. I love it. One of the, the things that I really do is I step into the challenging conversations, right? That's right. About how do you say the things that you don't want to say? How do you have really uncomfortable mm -hmm. conversations? Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of one um, of a situation right now. And, um, and it's like, okay, something really good is going to come from this, no matter what, yeah. whether it's, you know, it's getting this deal done, whether it's um, helping somebody see a something a different way, whether it's me learning about myself, mm -hmm. something great is going to come from this. And if you look at that, 
if you have that kind of mindset for every problem that you face, like, okay, there's going to be a great lesson in here. Even if it's hard, even if it hurts, I'm going to grow from it. The situation is going to become, be better for it. You know, I'm going to help somebody because of it. It makes it so much easier to lean in. And so every time I start to go like that, oh, like, I don't really want to deal with this. It's hard. You know, I don't have time or whatever. That's what I tell myself. Mm -hmm. You know, a gift mm -hmm. is going to come from this challenge yes. and, and something really good is going to happen, even if I don't see exactly what that is now. And I try mm -hmm. to tell that to people who are afraid of making a change or, um, or of having a difficult conversation, like, Hey, something's going to be really, really good. That's going to come from it. If you just do it. That's but, right. And getting over that fear. It's not easy. It, it's, it's everything. It's yeah. everything, you know, evolution happens under massive amounts of stress and pain and time yeah. and and suffering and that's that's what people don't realize evolution is beautiful just like you know things that are rare they're rare for a reason because they're difficult to find yeah. right or difficult to mine those are the it's it's right there in front of us but when it's us it's like mm, no thanks yeah right? i'm just gonna i'm just gonna not and say i did or i'm just gonna i'm just this is this is too painful yeah you know it's like and, too and, much and risk. Look, yes. And look, yeah. and we have to look at it. And, and, but the risk needs to be, there needs to be some sort of a personal system yeah. that I'm evaluating this from. Yeah. Right. And, and where am I at and, and, and why am I here? And, and, and coming always circling back to this, it's like, what do I believe my mission is? Your mission's always changing. Yeah. I mean, my mission, and as it should be. Yeah. Right. But the core part that doesn't change is the concept that if I use my passion for the good of others, massive profits will happen. Yep. If that, that is true for every human on the face of this earth. Yep. So, and that's what I really talk about in, in, in the final step of this book and, and, and really what that means of like, how do you give it back? How do you, how do you take this and give it, just give it away? Because giving it away is the secret to keeping it, right? And we have to do things. We have to do things as leaders that are not for money to help others. We have to, you, and that's why you see people doing things like that, that are, you know, now it's become more normal, more cool to, to do things for the underprivileged. It's becoming more of like a standardized thing, but not really. I mean, there's still a lot, a lot of, a lot of room for growth. And that's what I challenge myself is like, okay, forget about what's happening in the world, right? The world's ending and gas is high and then blah, 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 and then and metaverse and, 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 and the, and the dollar, and, you know, we're all going to die. Uh, it's like, okay, what, what am I, what am I doing today about all that? And what can I do? First off, not that fucking much. And second off, what, what do I want to do with today? Cause none of that shit's happened yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like, what if I get fired? Right. You know, what, what, what if I get fired? What am I going to do there? Well, I don't fucking know, but you're not fired yet. So do something about it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then if you do get fired, do something about that. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is like, it, it, we're always, it, it's, there's certain things that are going to just happen to us because there's, this is a powerful universe out there that's bigger than us that is going to do things. It's how am I responding to those things that makes it either painful for me or not painful for me. Right. And starts with not being so fucking surprised when shit changes. <laughs> Cause it does, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the first step. Wow. Stop being fucking surprised. Oh, I love it. Well, I think everybody needs to read your book. So tell us where can they find it? Wow. I think everyone should too. No, just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Everybody read my book. Yeah. I, I love it. Scott Bloom said it best. He's always like, 
Scott Bloom, I'll give him a little plug. This is this is one of the funniest guys I know. Definitely the funniest guy so in funny. commercial keynotes. Yeah. No friggin' doubt. But this is what he says. He says, because uh, <laughs> he's got all these, he's the faux author, the best-selling faux author. Okay, first off, let me give you this one first. Uh, manifesting like a mofo. Yes. Okay. I love it. Who doesn't want to do universe, that? Putting the universe on notice. I love that. Uh -huh. He's like, okay, how to deliver subliminal messages. There you go. Buy the book. <laughs> so as Scott Bloom says, buy the book. Yeah. So if you want to make it super easy, Amazon, I think probably has the best pricing. Uh, I, they, they do a good job, but you know, Barnes and Noble's books a million. Um, if you really want to, you can learn more about me at Frankie-Russo.com because some other a-hole bought Frankie-Russo.com. Um, but you can Google <laughs> Not me. the one and only, the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the one with hair. Google Frankie Russo with hair and uh, you'll find my book anyway. So. Uh, I, you know, it's, I really love getting to always chat with you, Carrie. And um, I do have something called the school of why, which, which yeah. people can uh, get for free. If you go to the school of um, you can get a free download of the workbook that has all the steps in them. It's not, it's not going to be the same as having the book, which also has the steps, uh, but it's something that somebody can have for free. If maybe they're listening to this and don't have any money right now, do that. Or if you're listening to this and don't have any money and you want a free book, reach out to me and uh, I'll hook you up. And you also have a podcast called School of Why. That's right. right. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The School of Why podcast. And that's on, you know, obviously uh, Spotify, Apple podcast, YouTube, and um, it's on, you know, Facebook, Instagram. And, and that's also accessible from the school of why.com. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and having this yeah, really pleasure. fun conversation with me. I'll include all those links in the show notes as well. So until next time, I can't wait to have you on again where we can talk about yeah. other really fun things. <laughs> I love it. Thanks a bunch, Carrie. It's always right. a pleasure. Take care. I'll be right back. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. He is amazing. And please be sure to check him out and get the book. I do think it's uh, it's a very great process to go through. I've I've done it myself and uh, found out a couple things that that I didn't know. And I do this kind of work a lot. All right. With that, I'll leave you until next next week. I hope you uh, enjoyed this. And if you did, please like this podcast, subscribe to it, write a review, rate it, share it with a friend. I always appreciate it. It's great for the algorithms. Thanks so much. See you next week.